Welcome to the first episode the of pilot, Underplayed. The pilot episode. The pilot episode. Of Underplayed. Doesn't this feel amazing? Does that mean you're going to fly? Yes. 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 I told We're you I was going to be a pilot. One you did. You did. Uh, so let's start with introductions. Who's this guy right here? My name is Keaton, but you might know me as Partisan. I do music on the internet. Okay. I was just looking up uh, some of your music. I don't know how to spell it. P-A-R-T-A-J-I-N. So scared of what song you're going to play. All right. So this is a little bit of what song are you gonna of play? Keaton's music. Oh, this is a good song. Mostly EDM, right? I don't want to... I don't like putting myself in a genre, to be honest, because I do a lot of different stuff. But if I had to put myself in, like, one genre, I'd put myself in, like indie electronic indie electronic because i do like a lot of like indie rock stuff as well as like electronic elements to it so uh this is the um this is i miss you this is um the fourth uh track of my ep warm reminder warm reminder um i like that it's a good title thank you i came up with it myself believe it or not um, this is more of like a, um, an ambient song. I have some more other, um, what's it called? Oh, here's the beat. Yeah. I don't know what you would call this. Is this a chorus? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell without lyrics. That, yeah. I don't really pay attention to like the structure of my songs. I never really, I never realized that, but like, you know, I just do whatever feels right, you know? Yep. Anyhow, I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, that is that's one of my music. songs. We also have the the father of partisan here. My name is Tim. I yes, also sir. do music. I also I have a recording studio, and that's what help. we're in right now. Yep, and I help other people make music. Yes, and Tracy does as well. She is sort of the vocal coach. Yes, when we get people in here that need vocal help. She's there to do it, and she's got an amazing voice. Say she does say hi, Trace. Hi, Trace. Hi, Trace. She sounds like Karen Carpenter when she sings. She does. Uh, Tracy's voice sounds like butter dripping off a hot biscuit. Hi, <laughs> oh, thank you. That's what you so, say every time you try to describe it. But I mean, it's accurate. It is you know? the only way I can think of to describe it. Have you ever seen, have you ever heard butter dripping off a hot biscuit? There's a sound Isn't for that. Isn't silent? I know. There's it's smooth. It's smooth. It's smooth. It sounds like smooth. It sounds like what butter dripping off a hot biscuit smells like. Exactly. Yeah. That biscuity, you know how buttery... something sounds like something smells, or like what? that smells like what something tastes. That's called synesthesia or something. No, where... synesthesia is when you when you hear things, you see stuff, colors. Yeah, it's when you're. You associate one of your you one of your, your senses. senses gets mixed up with another sense, Associates. and they become linked in some way. That's I have not experienced that before. Okay, <laughs> okay. So we've listened to some of Partisan's music. Uh, that god awful stuff. So Tracy, who are you? I am your wife and Partisan's stepmother. I am. I have also have two grown kids, and uh, I am an 
elementary um, special ed teacher. Cool. Yes. And that is who we are. Do you guys want to talk about what the show is about since it's the first show? It's true. We this should is, probably tell people like. We should probably have some type of like. Why you're here. Oh, why are you here? The reason you're here, hopefully, is because you want to discover new music. And it would be even better if that new music was. From an artist you already know. By an artist you already know. And so we were dabbling in B-sides and music that never made it to the radio, but probably should have, as well as new artists who have, as of yet, never made it to the radio. So we'll be doing a little bit of both of that. True. And really, you have introduced me to more (laughs) B-sides than I ever knew before I know, if there's life. a good person to do this, to like be the main host, it's my father, Mr. Mr. Tim. So speaking of which, Trace, you brought up the fact that I've played lots of B-sides, and for Keaton, too. You that both have sat in the car with me and listened to music. Billy Joel. Billy mm. Joel. Who do you th- what do you think of when you think of Billy Joel? Like, Honestly, Piano Man. <laughs> I mean, that's just... And then Christy Brinkley. Poor guy. But, you know... So the song we chose from Billy Joel is called Surprises. This is on the Nylon Curtain. It came out in 1983. So it's obviously primarily known for the song Allentown, which everybody knows, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, Allentown brought attention to the plight of America's declining steel industry. And it spent six weeks at number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 in early 1983. This is a long time ago. And... And that was his biggest hit off of that album? Out of this. I'm pretty sure, yeah, that was his big hit off this album. The (laughs) A-side. So the album peaked at number seven on the Billboard charts. It's two times platinum. It was nominated for Album of the Year. But one of the things that caught me and Keaton's attention was it's the first big album that was recorded digitally. The first major professional album. In 1983, which I didn't know happened. So this, when I found this out, this sparked like a research rabbit trail for Tim because I'm like, wait, I didn't think they were recording in digital back then. Mm-hmm. Turns out they were, there were a couple Denon Soundstream, and 3M and Sony made digital recorders back then. And they actually recorded digital onto tape because they didn't have hard drives. If right, they I did, was about to say, yeah. I mean, what they do it on a Commodore 64. No, <laughs> <laughs> there was a machine for it and it recorded onto tape in real time, just like a tape player does. But it records data, the data of the sounds instead of the analog oh gosh, magnetic. I can't even think yeah, of that. It's yeah. crazy. Okay. What benefit would that have? Uh, Do you know? No degradation of sound. Well, like yeah. You could record it over and over and over to different tapes and there'd be no degradation of sound would be the big one. And obviously they thought back then that this was going to make it so much crisper and clearer and more realistic. And now... You know, in recording studios like ours, I have a plugin that makes it sound like tape again. Exactly. I have so, I have a plugin that also does that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like us going back to listening to vinyl just yeah. because well, or a, we like Polaroid the sound. cameras. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a certain. We've done it's that like, too. <laughs> it's nostalgic. It's a character. Exactly. It's a character. It's a sound that sounds nice, warm, and cozy. So this album was produced by Phil Bramone, who, if I am not wrong produced every single one of Billy Joel's albums until he died, I think, seven some years ago. They had the the horn player. I mean, you guys have heard Billy Joel, the sax player. You hear it in all the songs. 
Richie Cannata had left the band right before they recorded this album. So it was done with mostly Billy Joel on piano, Doug Stegmeier, my bass hero. I love all of the bass lines and all the Billy Joel songs that Doug did. Uh, he's an amazing, amazing bass player. Great we'll look at that lines. a little bit in this song. Um, and Liberty DeVito on drums, amazing drummer, rumored to have been the inspiration for Animal in the Muppets. Oh, wow. A nice guy. I, I had a conversation with him, a very short conversation with him on Facebook once, <laughs> which maybe we'll go into later. David Brown and Russell Javers playing guitars. So the song's uh, surprises. Billy Joel says it's a grand metaphysical statement. It's about how one shouldn't be surprised by their inability to control things. Though the song is open to several different interpretations, according to Joel. And that's all the notes I have on surprises, really. So let's dive into listening let's get to this started. thing. Yeah. So the first thing you're going to notice is so much more synth. Like, and and chronologically, if if this album had just come out, if we were back in 1983, we would be like, whoa, whoa. what happened to Billy Joel? Because Billy before it was all now. real analog instruments, and now he's using synths. He's recording digitally, and this is like a whole new sound for people at the time mm-hmm. for for Billy Joel. His voice is smooth as ever. Nobody noticed, nothing was heard. It was committed discreetly, it was handled so neatly, and it shouldn't surprise you at all. You know. I love Billy Joel's vocal melodies, they work so well. What about those toms? We have to talk about those toms. Those toms. Oh, I love it. Those are those are the classic Liberty DeVito oh, toms. Yes. On one hand, they're so dry. And on the other hand, there is enough reverb on those things to choke a horse. It's like <laughs> they... And, and the rest of the kit is dry. The rest yeah, of the yeah. kit was in a room. but And a little on the... Like you mentioned before, a little on the snare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's... There was some work done on the drums, and it's, sure. it really works. Oh, yeah. It, it fits within the mix perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I had no regrets. There were so many mistakes. And what a difference it makes. But still, it shouldn't surprise you at all. You know, I said it shouldn't He has an impressive range. Yes. Being able to go up that high. He's gone up an octave. Basically. Yeah. This part is cool. I'll check out the bass right here. It's like a walking bass line. Yep. Doug and Liberty are so tight here on the the toms and the bass. Now it's a fact, oh yeah. 
Distorted piano, kind of. They did something to it. Maybe it's just really out of tune. <laughs> Here's that bass again. Yeah. how cinematic some of these parts of this song can be mm-hmm. like this part and i love the way it is just like a bell. yep amazing great an amazing song. song great song you should look this up it's billy joel off the nylon curtain it's called surprises and freebird wants to play for some reason <laughs> trace yeah vocally i know I, i'm i want to hear your take on the vocals i'm Interested. I mean, like you said, Billy Joel's range is yeah. crazy. Incredible. Right? Especially and back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Singing it full voice and not falsetto sounding soft, you know, mm-hmm. but that full voice. Or if he is in his falsetto voice, he's carrying it over so well, you yeah. can't even tell you can't, the you difference. Can't even, you can't even hear the break. Right. Right. You can't, yeah. I feel like that's I mean, he's gotta, crazy. That's almost got to be. I don't know. You know, honestly, I, I really can't tell just by listening yeah. to it like that. Yeah. If if you were there maybe, live, yeah. you might be able to tell, maybe. Mm-hmm. You that's, know, if I that's just, his chest voice, that's insane. My some, guess would be it's, it's falsetto. Yeah. It's a some very well done falsetto. Some people just well have that kind of range, you know? There, that's true. There are people some people with do. crazy talent, like, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Like, the scope of all of the things that he is mm-hmm. So far above average. Um, mm-hmm. So, songwriting, vocals, piano, Everything. yeah, yeah. He's like all of it. Tracy and I watched uh, Master ca- Class, yeah, uh, with Billy Joel last huh. night. On you can find it on YouTube. It's like the worst video quality ever, <laughs> but the audio quality and, is like amazing. So but it's it's a little frustrating to watch on YouTube if you can watch it in a different um, like watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's better because on YouTube it's kind of cut up, broken up. But it was really, really interesting. The way he views music and and the way he played piano, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. He's it's the insane. piano man. Yeah. I mean, and the songs, it's, he was pulling out songs. People were throwing out songs and he'd start a song and he's like, what key is that in? And he's playing the song in some key, asking some other guy back there going, what's the real key? What's the original key? He's playing the song. <laughs> you know. That was something yeah. that I noticed and I told yeah. Tracy last night. Yeah. I was like, that just shows that, that he's yeah. actually a musical genius because he comes from a place 
where key doesn't matter mm-hmm. enough to even remember what key it's in. He yeah. knows the song so well. Yeah. He could play it in any key. The chord progression, the intervals, he, he's got it all just in that very remarkable head of heads. Yes. So, mm-hmm. It was cool. It's an amazing masterclass. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. Check that out. Definitely recommend it. So this segment is where we pick a word from the song and dive a little bit into the origins of that word. An underused word. An underused word. If we can find an underused word in the song, that is. Just to fit with the brand of the podcast, of course. Yes. Underplayed, underused. Underplayed, underused. Yeah. An underused word for the underplayed podcast. So, Trace, what is our underused word? Our underused word is marshaled. So, the lyric says, now it's apparent, now it's a fact. So, marshal your forces for another attack. The definition of marshal is to arrange or assemble, specifically a group of people, especially soldiers, in order. For example, the general marshaled his troops. I've heard it used before a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Typically in a military Setting. application. Yeah. Did you find anything non-military? I did. Actually, that's just the the first definition. Mm-hmm. And really... Um, probably what second, he meant in the song as well. It is, because he says, marshal, right. yeah, marshal your forces. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. It's also used in this second way, that is, methodically assemble and arrange facts, ideas, and objects. For example, she is one of those people who can marshal their thoughts quickly and articulate mm. them clearly. So she's like a, well, like a general would align his troops and set them up and get them sorted out and in order the same way a person who marshals their thoughts gets their thoughts in order. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then I did I did kind of just check out some cinnamon synonyms. 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 Yeah. Okay. Cin- some synonyms <laughs> for Marshall. And assemble, mobilize, align, arrange, things like that. So again, all kind of going with Sounds like it was yeah. used perfectly correctly in the song yep yeah for sure awesome etymology of the word marshall yes an underused word underused word brilliant okay now we're going to the opposite spectrum the opposite side whole different end of music right now yeah wherever that ballpark was this is like the next parking lot over. <laughs> this least. is a different stadium. This is a different, yeah. yeah. Yes. The next universe over. Uh, we're going to look at Dream Theater. Dream Theater. If you know them, I love you. Dream Theater is very interesting band. Yes. Very interesting. If you like, if you like technical music, if you like rhythmically and oh, melodically, yeah. it's. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. If you like math rock as well as jazz, this is what that is, pretty much. You can listen to Dream Theater <laughs> casually. Yes, it's 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 very true. It's prog, you know, yeah, progressive rock. Exactly. Um, if you listen to Dream Theater casually, it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. If you stop and try to understand what's going on, it's very confusing. You have a stroke. Yes, you have a stroke, <laughs> pretty much. You, so uh, a lot of Dream Theater songs, you have to like start counting like what's going on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very interesting the way they approach things musically. And theory-wise. 
as well. I chose Under a Glass Moon for uh, mainly for the drums. The drums. And there's a there's a couple little parts which I'll point out when we get into the song that are just amazing and kind of what just happened moments in that song. Like this happens to me and Keaton in the car all the time. Wait, what was that? Like what? (laughs) We have to like rewind, like I heard that and it sounds nice and I could listen on, but if I have to stop and ask what just happened there, it's definitely a very interesting part of the song. So we have very, very little information on this song, mainly due to my lack of research. It's a sixth song on their second album, Images and Words. This is only their second album. It was never released as a single. So the, uh, <laughs> the this is, of course, with Mike Portnoy on drums, who is no longer the drummer. Yes, Chase. You've said the name of Dream Theater, but I don't think you've said the name of the song. Oh, but maybe I'm waiting. Um, oh, well, I was about to go into the other name okay. of the song. So <laughs> this song was originally entitled The Battle of Jimmy Coco and Fishface. What? That is literally what? the name of the song. Release date 1992. The song is actually called Under a Glass Moon by Dream Theater. Beautiful. Already an amazing intro. Yeah. That kick. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> It's like machine gun fire. Exactly. Right here. Check it out. Listen to this. Oh my gosh. Like, what chord is that? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't exist. That fill was cool. They pull it back in, just like that. I'll be interested in Tracy's comments on the vocals. That is true. A lot of people focus on the technicality, which the technicality of Dream Theater is amazing, but the vocals are pretty dang good too. Like the control he has over his voice. Yes. Crazy. I have more comments on his voice, but I will wait. Okay. Right here. What's that? That ride. Nope. 
Oh yeah. How many toms okay. do you need for that? <laughs> Moment number one is this one. Okay, I rewound a little too much, but here, here it comes. This transition right here. What was that? <laughs> That's one of those what was that moments. Because, like... There's a lot going on, yet, like, it's all so concentrated. Like, you can tell what's going on, but, like, at the same time, it's like, what? Yeah. And it's a perfect transition into, you know, where they go next. Absolutely perfect transition. But it's also somewhat pointless. It's there just because so, it's cool. It's there because it's cool, which harkens to Metallica, Megadeth, all those where they just go because 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 we can because we can that's the reason because we have the skills that you don't have. Check this out. It's like it's like doing a wheelie on a bike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One more time. Those toms are insane, and the guitar just going, you know. Well, it's part. It's Mike Portnoy and John Petrucci. Yeah, of course. John Petrucci. Oh, you hear that bass line? Yep. Oh yeah, that dude's rocking too. You, you, you gotta learn this bass line. <laughs> no, thank you. Your air guitar is awesome, though, Tim. Look at that. Little, little bit of good vocal work coming up. Heck, this isn't good enough already. <laughs> yeah. What is that? <laughs> Did they just go jazzy in the middle of a metal song? In the middle of a prog metal song, keep in mind. Right. Yes, they well, did. Well, then it makes sense. Build up. To Petrucci's solo. That was cool. They sold the bass for a second, yeah. Blues. Oh, 
That shouldn't be humanly possible on guitar. I don't think it is. <laughs> They're aliens. What many people may not know is if you have a if you have a Floyd Rose or locking tremolo on your guitar, you can do this thing where you basically cause because it's it's on springs, it's balanced on a knife edge. You could do this thing. It's basically traumatizes. The, it gives it that noise um, that he does right here on the guitar. Yeah, and basically what you do to get that noise is you hit it. You just hit the like whammy flick bar. It, yeah, yeah. You flick it. Yeah, you don't really hit it. You got to pull it down like sort of slowly and then just let go, and it'll sit there and vibrate and give you that that. Yeah, the, I've tried doing it a couple times. I don't know what that, that's called, but. Who was it that did that a lot too? Was Steve it uh, Vai. Steve Vai? That's right. Yeah, Ibanez. He's probably the first person that ever did that. Yeah. This is a keyboard solo, FYI. Oh. Oh, you're right. I don't understand how they play this live. They do, and it sounds just like that. It's insane. Because you have to be like perfectly on top. You can't miss a beat or even half a beat. Like there's no mm -hmm. way. Like. You know what I kept thinking, like all the way through. Do do they even bother to write a key signature and a time signature at the better, <laughs> at the beginning of these pieces? Like, Is there here's any point? where we are, but it's going to change. So. Yeah, I mean they like, change a lot. It's, well, it's constant. It's yeah. a constant change, and I and I wondered: Is I there even po a point to putting one at the beginning of you know? I, don't, I would think no. Only to serve the section of the song <laughs> until it changes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I doubt they like tap it out though. Oh, they do. do Dream they? Theater writes it out on their iPads. Oh, really? You watch the the keyboardist uh, Kevin Moore. He uh, he's got this iPad on there, and he's got the music scrolling by as he plays. Oh my gosh! And I'm sure they've got it linked to the metronome, and it's crazy. These guys know their stuff. I mean, and they are the no timing of it is exactly yeah crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 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 crazy stuff. A recommendation to anyone who may be listening to this first podcast, and that's you, mom. So uh, check out the drum auditions for Dream Theater, and you'll get an idea of 
how technical they get with that because mm-hmm. they've got the best drummers in the world coming to audition and because they had that first time relieve right yeah some of them not doing so well mm-hmm. and and they challenge them with with some of their hardest songs and then hey let's write a song and it's just like it's crazy how wow. yeah so Trace, do you have any, I mean, you're the, probably the best vocalist in the room, the mm-hmm. most uh, intelligent vocalist in the room. That's for sure. So what what, what did you think? About? I, I, I feel like his vocals are very good, slightly operatic for my taste, not enough oh, wow. edginess, not enough bleh, breaking up right, in his voice, right, right. you know, it's, it's so distortion. clear. It's so mm-hmm. pure. Yeah. But on the same Honestly, hand, that's amazing. Honestly, I like how operatic it, it, it okay. is. You know, that, yeah. I think it, it fits the whole style of everything. You yeah. know, it's it's a certain like, especially I heard that uh, well, that organ in the background in some parts. They play like the it's like it's yeah. it's super cool and like it serves this whole vibe of like. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything else like it. It's it's Dream Theater's thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. listen, listen I to guess the band if you're name, going Dream Theater, for, like musical perfection and timing perfection mm-hmm. and note perfection. You would also want a vocalist who is doing vocal perfection, and, and that guy is is really dang close. I mean, like he yeah. is amazing. Yeah. When he first started singing, I really thought he sounds like Steve Perry. Just okay. I heard Journey. I don't know why. I, I hear that. Uh, for one thing, I, I love Journey. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe I don't know. But then, as it went into it. A whole different person just really came to mind. He sounds like Michael Sweet. He sounds like Michael Sweet. Ooh, like, I can hear that. Oh my gosh! Wow, yeah, like, you're talking I, of Striper. Striper. Okay. Striper mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that, and it's that sort of operatic thing you're talking about that he can scream those super crazy high notes mm-hmm. with the vibrato exactly. and perfect pitch and perfect tone all the perfection in a heavy metal scream mm-hmm. you know just awesome yeah you know and and that was michael sweet and that's what that guy sounds like um and who was the lead vocalist name what's his name again james labrie james labrie i'll, I'll to, give a little example here yeah I'm, michael sweet Oh, he's got to do the scream, though. You got to hear him do the high. Yeah. Yeah, he just... uh, Even he's got a little... Breakup. He in did. There. He's got he a little had a little break. Fry. But but Michael Sweet's song, some of those like um, striper songs, they do that super high that this other mm-hmm. guy was doing. That's like that perfect. There was no distortion to it, mm-hmm. and that's um, they do a lot of that. And and uh, I heard a lot of that in this song, and that's what it reminded me of. I cannot disagree. A, a pure. Yeah. Almost operatic, super it's, high male voice. It's a very clear, clean tone. 
Journey, Fairy. Michael mm-hmm. Sweet, and James Labrie. Labrie? 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 How's it spelled? L-A-B-R-I-E. Labrie. Labrie. Yeah. James Labrie. I hope we're not butchering that. Three people. <laughs> three people who have that quality. Etymology? Round two. Yes. Underused words. Our underused word in this song is soundness. 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 Yeah. Hard to pronunciate correctly. Soundness. <laughs> right. It's got the right. D and the N right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And so the definition of soundness is the state of being in good condition or robustness, as in the mental and physical soundness of one's mental and physical state. And then the the second uh, definition is the quality of being based on valid reason or good judgment. For example, we will win because of the soundness of our argument. Mm. And in looking at the way it's used here, it says outside the soundness of your mind. So I'm thinking he's talking about probably the condition. Those places that you can't control in your mind. A couple synonyms for soundness, correctness, durability, integrity, solidity, solvency hardiness good word yeah so um actually (laughs) actually and uh, it was used up there at in at the beginning outside the soundness of your mind and then oh that same phrase is just repeated a couple times okay but we're done we've got to thank our patreons thank you too (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, oh, we're recording. Okay. Um, yeah, we're recording. Oh, this that, is the last, that was the first episode. This is uh, hopefully not the last episode. Hopefully not. If we give up, then you may never hear this. But um, to anyone <laughs> that might be hearing this, hello. We're still, we're still here. We're still you around. You are a miracle. Yes. Yes, you are a miracle. You, the listener, are a miracle. And in fact, wherever you happen to hear this podcast, please hit the whatever. Whatever button there is. The if thumbs up. If, if there's a heart, look for thumbs and look for heart. If there's a click on subscribe. If there's a add to my wish list, add to my uh-huh. uh, yes, add to my like. Add, I don't know. Whatever you can do to support us, just hit that that little button. We don't know what it looks like. But Even if you didn't like it, just take pity on us and, <laughs> and, and put your put your faith in the future. But uh, we promise it really does help us. It helps us um, get familiar with the algorithm on, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Um, we'd really appreciate it because we, we would love to do this again. And uh, by you showing support, we know that you would listen and would want to hear us ramble about music again. So brilliant. Um, yeah. But thank you, for, thank you for listening to our opinions about these songs. Thank you in advance. Yes, thank you in advance for all the stuff we have to say in the future as well. Yes. Yes.